Well, it's great to be with you this morning, and I especially want to welcome those of you that might be new to our congregation, new or visiting with us today. Um, we're so excited about this new year of ministry together. As we begin our time together now, you might gather that I am as surprised as you are to see me preaching this morning. This was not part of the plan, but I'm going to give it my best today. David had already laid out a couple of thoughts from this message, and actually the story that we're going to refer to today is Paul's journey toward Rome, and Paul finds himself in a boat on the way to Rome to stand trial, and he's with fellow friends and prisoners, and along the way, that boat is rocked by a really perilous storm. And that's often what happens in life. You know, there are always going to be difficult passages that we're going to need to face. And for me, that difficult passage is simply preparing a sermon in 24 hours and preparing to deliver it to you right on the heels of sending our sweet daughter off to Italy yesterday afternoon. So here she is. Here is Peyton on her way to Florence. So I have since learned that she has landed where she is supposed to be. She will be spending four months studying abroad over in Florence and will venture to Rome and Venice and no telling where in Europe she might, she might be over the next four months. So we're thankful that she's arrived safely. And as we talk about Florence, there's something else I wanted to share this morning. This is on the heels of a message last week that I mentioned to you all that I learned last week that y'all is actually a word because it was in the biblical commentary that I was reading from last week. And then, lo and behold, two or three of you have reached out this week to me to let me know that there is now going to be a minor league baseball team called the Florence Y'alls. And it's right up the road in Florence, Kentucky. So, uh, really, so not only is, is y'all a word, y'all is now a baseball team. So baseball fans, you can travel up the road if you like to see the y'alls. But let me be clear, when I mentioned this morning that we sent our baby daughter Peyton off to Florence, I'm talking Florence, Italy, not Florence, Kentucky, right up the road. So she went across the big pond on a big plane today and will be in Italy this spring. So I invite you now to go ahead, let's bow, bow our heads and pray together as we look for an experience with God today. God of grace, we look to you this morning to bring us a word of hope and inspiration. And all over this room today are people that are seeking a touch of grace that only comes from you. Fill this space, Lord, today with the knowledge of your presence, with the gift of your leading, and the peace that comes from knowing how very deeply we are loved by you. No matter what storm we're facing or what hurt we're struggling with or challenge that we're trying to overcome, 
We know that you have your hands on us and around us. Give us the courage we need to face each day head on, leaning into your spirit and opening our lives to you. We give you our best, God, and pray that you will continue to reveal the hopes and dreams you have for each of us, for your church, and for this beautiful city we call home. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, as we prepare to, to look at the passage that we're going to study today, it's important that we take a moment to think about what was happening in the life of Paul on and around the time that this was actually written, because Paul was on a journey too, a journey that began on the road to Damascus, one that led him down all kinds of trials and tribulations and difficult passages along the way. At the time this was written, Paul had already been falsely accused. He'd been put on trial and held captive for over a couple of years. He was pleading his case before Caesar and was making an appeal and was actually on the way to Rome to make that appeal before Caesar. So as we read the story today, he finds himself in a boat along with fellow companions and prisoners on their way to Italy across the sea. And just as, just as we know these things happen, he encounters some really stormy weather along the way. So let's read along today. You can refer in your Bibles or on the screens as we read from Acts 27 this morning. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Cauda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep your courage, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, 
We must run aground on some island. Now, if there are any of you out there that consider yourselves to be boat people, then you might know that the open waters can be a very scary place to be in the middle of a storm. And I can remember one of the most fearful times I have had in my life when I was really scared. Steve and I were caught on our little ski boat in the middle of Lake Cumberland between a houseboat and between the cabins where we had left our children that morning. And like some of you know, um, I want to make the most of my time every day. Time on the water, I, I mean, so if, if we can push it a little bit and maybe miss the storm, sometimes we might try. But it was probably a mistake on this morning. And as we headed back across the waters, there were the darkest skies I've ever seen in my entire life, moving much more quickly than our little boat could run across the water. And it was one of those storms where, I mean, it's a little bitty boat. And the rain is just beating down. We're moving across the water and fly right through the no-wake zone to where we can get the boat tied up and run into the cabin. And I was scared. That just took place over, you know, a few minutes. And when I imagine back to what it looked like on the boat with Paul, he had been facing all kinds of difficult challenges in life that spanned much longer than just a few minutes. I mean, he'd been, he'd been on trial. He had been imprisoned for two years already. And facing another critical and difficult moment in his life just like the sailors and friends and prisoners that were aboard that ship. They were facing days and days of being beat around by waters that were rising, by large waves, gale force winds, days of being hungry and uncertain as hope seemed to drift farther and farther away. But Paul reminds us over and over in many of his letters that it's often in those difficult passages of life where we get to know who God is, where we see the heart of God and learn how faithful he really is to us. Even last week, in the passage from Romans that we, that we studied together, we talked about how often God shows up in very difficult times in our lives, shows up in surprising ways, and uses those experiences to shape us, to show us something, to shape our character and bring out the best in us. And sometimes that means showing up in the middle of some of our very, very darkest days. And I imagine that many of you here can identify a time that God showed up in a time that you were struggling. 
in a time that you were hurting, a time that you had a void and a need that you couldn't fill. Maybe it was a time when you were just struggling to get by from day to day and just put one foot in front of the other. And for me, one of those times was back in the fall of 2018. It was just a tough season for me overall. I had recently lost, lost my mom, and though she had some long-term health issues, and um, helping to care for her was part of the life that I knew for a very long time, her death actually came on really suddenly and was somewhat of a surprise, and it just really kind of rocked me. And at the same time, I was going through one of the harder seasons that I've really faced at work here, um, here in the life of our church, just burdened by some things and carrying some struggles that are just um, part of a long-term span in ministry. There were Sunday mornings that I would come to worship, and I might be leading in some way. I might be at the communion table. And at the same time, I might be struggling to find God myself in that moment. And as I would seek, and as I would struggle, and as I would pray, I would remind myself over and over that God is faithful. And God would show up and take my hand, pull me out of the storm that I was facing. Just like God has taken your hand and shown up for you, maybe in a way that surprised you. So it looks different for all of us. God shows up in different ways. I can share a little of what it looked like for me God showed up at the hospital on a Sunday afternoon. God showed up with strawberries and healthy snacks and gathered in the lobby, pouring out of my mother's room. God showed up as my friends that wrapped their arms around me and spent that time with our family the day before she passed away. God showed up in the form of, of team members on our staff. Part of our ministry team that was here during that time, loving me through the days that I was kind of difficult to love. And I remember a spring day um, after that, there was a group within the church called the Frisky Folks that was planting a tree in honor of my mom's life. And they had worked with our facilities team to find a way to plant that tree right outside the window of my office so that I would remember my mom every time I looked out. And there was a dedication service planned that morning, and it was a busy day in ministry. And I remember being so surprised that almost Everyone on our staff stopped what they were doing, went outside, drug chairs out there, helped the frisky folks to their place, and Sherry White helped preside over a little dedication service 
for my mom. God showed up with cards and notes and letters and emails, and I was overwhelmed. God showed up in derby hats in September when it wasn't even derby season at all because the small group of ladies that was closest to my mother wanted to honor her in a way that was special and unique to her life. And they wore their derby hats in here and sat right there together in the middle of the sanctuary where we honored her life. And then God showed up in Lexington, Kentucky, right down the road where friends of mine gathered, rode with us, followed along, carried my mother's casket, where Melvin LeCount presided over the most beautiful graveside service that I've ever witnessed in my 14 years of ministry. And I can look back now and see that God used those difficult times to move into places where I was hurting, to see things that I couldn't see for myself and to bend me toward him. But it didn't happen quickly. And the courage that we saw Paul demonstrate in that passage we just read is not courage that just came overnight. Instead, what you see there is a depth of courage that is born out of a maturity of faith, a long-time journey with God. No doubt Paul's courage was developed over a long period of time, something he learned from God, drawing on his experiences to shape him, to strengthen his resolve, and to prepare him for the next storm of life that would surely come his way. And the beauty of what we saw take place in Paul's life is a strengthening of the heart that takes shape in the form of courage that comes from a deeper place. Courage that comes from within when we lean into the love of God that we know to be true. It's courage that's not demonstrated by the absence of fear but instead by the willingness that we have to push through hard times in spite of that fear. Courage that is strengthened by the belief in something bigger than ourselves, that propels us through our heartaches and our struggles and the challenges that we encounter as we push through to the other side. And as the storm waters got rougher in that boat, as the winds got stronger, what Paul offered to the men on board was a hopeful presence that brought encouragement and hope to all that were around. Encouragement that pulled them together and help them to keep rowing until they reached the shore. Imagine what it looked like 
on that boat to Italy, how unprepared they felt like they were, stepping into uncharted waters, new roles, new tasks. They had to throw out the map and the plan, lean into one another, lean into a deeper strength that comes from God to face new things, new challenges, things that made them uncomfortable. And after all those storms steered that boat into uncharted waters and left those on board to do the best they could, I can only imagine that they drew strength from Paul's hopeful words of encouragement. That they leaned into his positivity and saw possibilities that he helped them see through his steady presence and through his courageous leadership. And there's a lot that we can learn as a church from that example, many things that we can draw from Paul and from imagining what it took to pull together with the crew that was in that boat. Because that same type of hopeful presence that Paul offered to the men aboard that ship It's the same kind of hope that we can offer to the world around us as people of faith. Being a person of hope in the world is what it means to follow Christ. And living out the love of Christ in the world is our mission. It's what we're called to as a congregation. Living out the love of Christ by embracing people where they are, reaching out to grab hands with open arms, meeting people just where they are along the way. So as we move into 2020 together, as we embrace a new year of ministry together, new challenges that we might encounter, uncharted waters for us as a congregation as we boldly step into what God is doing already here among us. Let's lean into what God is doing in our own lives, into how he's working in our hearts and in the lives of those all around us, encouraging one another, leaning on the hope that God promises, bringing hope to our city, in shining his light brightly, no matter where the storms take us and no matter where we go, we can lean into that hopeful presence that God offers to all of us.